Hey there, I'm Andy Baker, and this is the Baker's Dozen podcast. And this week I'm talking about the final episode of Loki, season two, maybe ever, Glorious Purpose. So this is the last episode. A while back, I read an article suggesting that there would be more seasons, but this clearly felt like a definitive end, and uh, all of the press afterwards certainly talks about it that way. So it looks like we can talk about this episode as a conclusion. And when you are at the end, you aim for specific moments and specific images. There's something very liberating about the ending of things, where it's like, what do we want to leave people with as things come to an end? So that's what this episode was all about. Last words, last conversations, and final images. So let's take a look at the best of them. One. What the shit are you doing? Very funny line from Mobius. And I will say, to be honest, it's a little annoying that Loki didn't just tell everybody that he's jumping through time. But, you know, so they held that off just so we can be constantly entertained by every other character's confusion. But of course, that confusion could have been dismissed very quickly by Loki, explaining in 10 seconds why he knows what he knows. But the payoff to ignoring that thing that Loki probably should and would have done, the payoff is almost worth it because having Mobius articulate his confusion is it's really funny and entertaining goes on a bit long given that you know we know how it needs to play out that whole sequence plays out over a big chunk of the episode to be honest and they could have sped through it a little bit faster but you know it's a lot of moments with character and it allowed Hiddleston to showcase his skills and it allowed us as the audience to be rewarded for remembering how these scenes played out the first time and seeing how we navigate it this time. But, you know, and in the end, that's what the show is supposed to do. It's supposed to entertain us and having Mobius get in Loki's face to articulate what is going on here right now. There's not a lot of profanity in the season. And so when it actually does happen, it works and it's very funny. Dude. We die with the dying, we're born with the dead. If you, like me, saw those words and you're like, oh, that tickles in the back of my mind, sounds like something or somebody I know, uh, tracked it down, T.S. Eliot poem called Little Gidding. I, I've never read it before. I've read other T.S. Eliot, like a lot of English lit geeks, I read The Wasteland. But looking at the poem, it talks a lot about the cyclical nature of existence. Obviously, that is woven into the show with the Ouroboros, the time cycle that we're experiencing and that Loki is experiencing. But I, I will say it was both poetic, because it is a poem written by a, a guy who, by the way, if you've never heard T.S. Eliot read his own poetry, you have to. Because a lot of his poetry can be very pretentious and you hear him read it, it's even more pretentious. His voice and affect, oh my God. Again, brilliant writer, but oh gosh, full of himself. But that, that aside, I have to say, he who remains, his reaction to Loki reciting poetry was really funny. 
he's reacting like, okay, you haven't read any T.S. Eliot either. You don't recognize the poem. You don't know why Loki is quoting this. And if we remember, he who remains was a STEM kid, right? He was a science kid doing science experiments. He wasn't somebody who would have been seeking out English literature, specifically poetry by people like T.S. Eliot. Anyway, I do like when there are literary references and there are others in the series. And, you know, the people who write these shows tend to be English geeks, people who might have a master's in English lit. That's in my background as well. We like words and we like words written by other people who really know how to write words well, line them up in the right order to evoke some sort of feeling. And T.S. Eliot is as good at that as anybody. And so having this quote in here that fits the fact that we die with the dying, we're born with the dead, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, it's a cycle that we all go through. It works, especially because he who remains points out there's a little bit of pretentiousness here, but it still works. Three. Most purpose is more burden than glory. The whole scene is full of great lines. You know, we have the line right around there. And trust me, you never want to be the guy who avoids it because you can't live with the burden. And later on, we hear, how do you live with it? Scar tissue. And she knew the hard thing to do was the thing that had to be done. Really, really good writing. Somebody, I'm assuming our showrunner, Mr. Martin, has spent a lot of time on that scene and crushed it. We have Loki in this moment learning the burden of responsibility. And it's not so long from this scene that he exhibits that maturity and responsibility at the end. Mobius becomes the teacher, becomes the mentor. And in the hero's journey, you have Mobius as an ally, but in this moment, he becomes the mentor. He's pointing out that you can't want this glory that you've been seeking all of your life. You're missing the point. And what's really effective is that and, and all writers know it when they have it. This is the kind of line that could be on a poster or a t-shirt. It's a pithy line, which just so happens to capture some real wisdom and truth. Most purpose is more burden than glory. Anyone who has had responsibility, who has had purpose, understands the truth of that statement and it should resonate and it is delivered well is crafted well, and it just works. That's, that's good stuff. Four. That handshake between Mobius and Loki. I imagine this was a moment that was created a while back. It's a fitting end that they were imagining all of these different endings between each of these major characters, and they need to bring some closure to Mobius and Loki. And you start walking through in your mind or in the room with everybody, how would that end? What does that look like? Who are these characters to one another? And how would they say goodbye? They don't seem like huggers. I think Mobius is a hugger. I don't think necessarily that Loki is. They're both going to live after this. So it's not like a truly palpably sad goodbye, but they are going to say goodbye because there's a sense that something is going to be happening. Something is going to be changing and is changing. How would these two characters handle such a moment? A respectful handshake. A great moment for the two actors, filled with this deep emotion of goodbye. And when I see moments like that, I always wonder where in the production cycle did they film this scene? 
it's always helpful to save those scenes for the last handful of scenes and shots that you're going to be filming. But obviously you have locations and it all comes down to um, a whole bunch of production realities. But giving them the opportunity to say goodbye, because as human beings, Owen Wilson and Hiddleston, who knows when they're going to hang out again? Who knows when they're going to work together again? And so they're trying to capture a lot of emotion in a moment. And it is uh, an emotional moment for them as people, as actors, as well as characters. And it would have been really interesting to be on that set, to feel the vibe. And, you know, you probably have heard stories before about like when long running shows end up shooting their finale and how hard those final scenes are. Now, this was only 12 episodes, but it was over a stretch of time. Would have been very interesting to be on the set that day. And I'd be really curious to hear the two of them talk about that scene now and what it meant to them. Five. Sometimes it's okay to destroy something. If there's a hope that you can replace that thing with something better. This was a split line between Sylvie and Loki, and it was just tonally and design-wise perfect. They are two parts of one character. This is right after Sylvie has confronted Loki and said, who are you to say we can't die trying? Who are you to decide we can't die fighting? And Loki hears and feels the truth of that. He can't take that away from everybody. And he's able to shape this line with Sylvie and realize that he can try to do something better. And it's an acknowledgement that destruction is a necessary part of life, entropy and chaos. And it wasn't so long ago that Loki said that tearing things down was easy, that hope was hard. But you can have hope, but destroy things so that something better can replace it that that is a form of hope, that you believe that you can build something better. And hope is hard, but you have to give people free will. You have to let them try. You have to let them fight. You have to give them hope. That's what gives everything meaning, even though we all know that everything's going to fall apart. We're all going to die. That's just how the system works. But that doesn't mean you can't do everything in your power to live. Six. I know what I want. I know what kind of God I need to be for you, for all of us. I couldn't help in this moment, but think, oh, look, it's our little Loki all grown up. Loki's always lose. But this is what can happen after the loss, rising from the ashes, finding the meaning in that loss to then emerge victorious. It's so interesting in the context of that line Loki has looked at all of his friends knowing that this is the last time. He knows in this moment what he's going to do. He knows what's going to happen to him out there. He knows that he is going to tap into Loki, the god, and do. he's either going to die trying or he is going to destroy the loom and tie it all together again. But he's willing to make that sacrifice because either everything is going to end or his role being friends with all of these people and, and you know, the mortal aspects of his immortal life are gone. That's the sacrifice. And I've talked before in previous episodes about characters, what they want and what they need. 
And in this moment, you can finally, he can finally see them both clearly. He's giving up what he wants to get what he, everyone else needs. When he was talking with Sylvie in that bar, he said he didn't want to be alone. He wanted to be together with his friend, but that's a want. I mistook that moment for him articulating his need, but what it was deep down, it sounded like a need. And to him, it felt like a need, but that was a want. What he needed more than anything was to sacrifice, to become the God that he could possibly be. And he needed to let go and give all of these people, his friends, the lives that they deserve to have, that he needed to be Loki, the Norse god, and now the god of stories. And he had to sacrifice everything else to make that possible. Seven. Loki's TVA suit falls away, replaced by the Loki cape and helmet. I wish I was in the room when this was pitched. I probably would have audibly gasped. It's perfect. Visual representation of an inner transformation. He destroys the loom and it would seem to end all of existence, get darkness, but from that, let there be light. And at the heart of that is Loki letting this very human part of him be stripped away by time, right? That radiation of the loom and he became who he needed to be. And we got to see that happen. It's the inner part of him coming out and we got to see it happen. All writers hope to create moments like this. I don't know who pitched this. I don't know who first saw it in their mind, but I'm sure they felt really good when they came up with it because they nailed it. Eight. He's giving us a chance. Now that scene has so much quiet in it as Loki is becoming the Norse God and he is heading out towards the loom and they let that moment breathe. And then that quiet is broken by this line. And then we get some more visuals, the score shifts in tone, the sound design and the composing was on point. So good. And I will say the line is a little bit cliched. He's giving us a chance, but it's delivered really well. And it sums up Loki's sacrifice. And sometimes you use the somewhat cliched line because there's really nothing better. They wouldn't use more words than this. It's a quiet moment and it's a realization and it's not a moment to be going on at length. And you trust your actors to pull off a line like this. And you know, here he is, Loki is now at the end of time. He's not a god anymore, but now he's God watching and everything is possible because he's sitting there. That's what Loki has done here is left the world behind and he's given them all a chance to live their lives. Nine. Loki in his throne, holding the threads of reality. 
So Loki finally gets his throne, even though earlier in the episode, he yells, the last thing I want is a throne. And the, the play on uh, the two lines off of one another is intentional, of course. And it's this realization, we can't have what we want until we don't want it anymore. And it's always satisfying when the hero gets what they thought they wanted, but it's not at all how they imagined it. He's alone in that throne, protecting all of reality, paying the price so that everyone else can exist. That's self-sacrifice, humility, kindness, responsibility, and honor. What a journey, right, for that character from the beginning to the end. If he never plays Loki again, and of course he will, but if he never did again, what a place to end. Amazing presence from Hiddleston. He's not using words, it's body language, facial expression. And if you think back, he who remains told Loki, I made the tough choices. That's why I get the big chair. That's Loki now. He's the one who made the tough choices. And it's also the culmination of the hero's journey. At the end of the hero's journey, the hero can't remain with the mortals. Frodo leaves the Shire forever. And Luke Skywalker ends up going off we find out, obviously, in the sequels that he has gone onto an island to wait so he could be a mentor for the next hero. But you go away. There was a series of books started with Lord Fowl's Bane. The name of the series escapes me, but the hero at the end of that becomes a god. This is what happens. And that's such a great parallel for Loki. He becomes a god, the god of stories, the god who is going to be overseeing this world or this universe now or multiple universes, the multiverse. He's at the heart of it all and he's alone. You know he's there, but he can't be among the mortals. That is not what awaits the hero at the end of the journey. Ten. The new, and I'm going to butcher the name, Yggdrasil World's Tree. This is another one of those moments. Whoever came up with this image of having the loom, all of the threads, and then turning it on its side and revealing that under Loki's watch, this is now the world's tree straight from the Norse mythology. I want to be in the room with that writer who came up with that. I want to be in the room when the writer came in and pitched that. I want to be in that writer's heart and mind, that moment when they saw it and felt it and knew it was right. There's no better feeling in the world when you're writing as when you come up with one of those images. And this, this is world class right here. This just nails it right at the end. And it's so cool to pull in the Norse mythology and it works just as an image. Even if you don't know about the world's tree and Midgard and the Asgard story, but understanding all of that and the history of this character makes it that much more powerful. Also, it's organic rather than the tech of the loom. He who remains is version. So this one just feels like it is designed to last in a way the time loom never was. Anyway, what an image. Hats off to whoever imagined that and then sold that vision in the room because I can only imagine that the producers and everybody who had this pitch to them was like, Okay, that is one of the reasons why we have to make this thing, this the entire show, because we have to get to that moment, because that's what it's all about. Eleven. I've got to go see what exactly it is we've been protecting for all this time. Now that's Mobius's line, and we've been building to it for two seasons. It's the emotional payoff. Loki doesn't have a life on a branch. 
Sylvie doesn't. She started to try to create one, but then bailed on that. I feel bad for the kid at the McDonald's, but that's neither here nor there. B-15 was a doctor, but didn't see her life. So Mobius is doing all the heavy lifting here. He shows us what they lost by being TVA agent. And he also taps into what it means and the potential of having all of the branches survive because of Loki's sacrifice. And then we have that moment between Mobius and B-15 where she says, are you scared? Mobius says, oh yeah. And it's such a powerful, very real moment. He told us previously that he was always worried about seeing the life that he left behind and doesn't remember what he's lost and seeing it be amazing. And that's exactly what's about to happen to him. So of course he's scared, but he has to do it. And I will say B-15 and Mobius, they act the heck out of that scene. But I do wonder, and I don't want to be at all negative about a beautiful finale, but I, if they had had more episodes, more season. This would have been even more powerful. It didn't have the weight that comes with a goodbye at the end of a longer journey. Think about any like long running sitcom or drama you've seen where they have five seasons, 10 seasons or more, where they've been in each other's lives for a decade. They've been side by side through all of this stuff. Now, this has been less time than that, but it's been a challenging time to be filming anything, obviously because of COVID. But the more seasons you have, the more this payoff works, which it's a testament to how much they accomplished in 12 episodes, that it had the power that it did have. But it just made me long for more so that this, these moments like this conversation between B-15 and Mobius would be that much more effective and just punches right in the feels if they had had more time together. 12. Mobius, looking at the life he was pulled out of. Who would have thought that Owen Wilson, Dignan of Bottle Rocket, would get to the point in his career that he could hold our attention, just his face on the screen, backed by a blue sky, and we could feel his love and loss and interest and wonder. It's amazing. That's acting. That's a whole host of human emotion all playing out as he doesn't say a word and he just stares into the middle distance out at this life that he didn't get to live so far as he can remember. And there's a line in there about never look, never know. He has looked knows and we can see it all play on his face and it's a really powerful moment well designed shot and when i've forgotten a lot about loki as a show this is one of the images that will stay with me 13. i might just wait here for a little bit let time pass a wonderful last line if you think back to he who remains he says, every moment of peace you've ever experienced was yours because I was here alone at the end of time, keeping watch. This is Mobius's moment of peace, and Loki is the one who's making it possible and watching it play out. He's got a slight smile, the look of a benevolent and caring god, someone the Loki of phase one would never recognize. Now that is character growth. That's a character arc. That's it for this episode. Next week, 
I'll be back with my first look at Monarch, the Legacy of Monsters. Godzilla, people. I'm excited. How about you? I will talk at you soon. Peace.